G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast and our Christmas 2021 series. Come and listen. Today we're talking about the Messiah's Atonement of Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 to chapter 53 verse 12 and starting at verse 13 of chapter 52. Behold, my servant shall deal wisely. He shall be exalted and lifted up, and shall be very high. Like as many were astonished at you, his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see and that which they had not heard shall they understand. Who has believed our message? To whom has the harm of Yahweh been revealed? For he grew up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no good looks or majesty. When we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering and acquainted with disease. He was despised as one from whom men hide their face, and we didn't respect him. Surely he has borne our sickness, and carried our suffering. Yet we considered him plagued, struck by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought our peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way, and Yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he didn't open his mouth. As a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and as a sheep that before its shearers is mute, so he didn't open his mouth. He was taken away by oppression and judgment, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, and stricken for the disobedience of my people, they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased Yahweh to bruise him. He has caused him to suffer. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of Yahweh shall prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light and be satisfied. My righteous servant will justify many, by the knowledge of himself, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. In the first servant song, we saw that the servant king will provide freedom, self-respect, and justice for all. 
In the second servant song, it was revealed that the servant prophet will bring comfort to people and have compassion on the afflicted. For the third song, we saw that this servant disciple will live a perfect life of discipleship to show that it is attainable and that a life of total obedience to God and trust in God for all things is possible. Then we saw in the last chapter that there will be a big homecoming for the people of Israel and for all nations. And during the previous servant songs, we saw glimpses of the suffering that this servant, who is both a king and prophet, will endure. Now in this chapter, in this section, this servant song, we get the full picture of suffering and why he must suffer. This is how people will, on the last day, be consummated with God, and attention is now back on him. As 52 verse 13 states, Behold my servant. This is God's servant. Echoing previous passages of where the servant is God's. This is, as somebody once wrote, the jewel in the crown of Isaiah's theology, the focal point of his vision. It is as if we are meant to understand that nothing has been said before is as important as this passage. Without this passage of Scripture, none of the rest makes sense. Let us discover together why that is so. And the first bit is where the servant is exalted. The beginning is an adoration of the servant, as is the song's finale. Sandwiched between them is the description of suffering. This servant acts and speaks with wisdom. How could he be faithful and obedient to God if he were not wise? And not just any wisdom, but godly wisdom, which flusters and confounds mere human wisdom. This servant will be raised up. Here Isaiah uses ecstatic language used of God himself. And what attracts people to this servant? Certainly not his looks, his charisma, or his appearance, for he had no outer beauty that would attract anybody. Verse 14 indicates the level of suffering the servant will endure. Many are flabbergasted by it. Verse 15 shows the cleansing, the sprinkling indicating a sacrifice. Sprinkling needed to be done with water, oil, or blood, in order that people could enter into the presence of God. This cleansing is not for Israel alone, but for all nations and all people of all time and of all places. He who was considered unclean by many humans, 52 verse 14, will be the one to cleanse many other humans from across the world. Then all accusations and slander against the servant will cease. And then we see the servant despised. The passage now looks at the servant through the eyes of the nation of Israel, for it is through their words and actions that others will come to know and understand about the servant. Even though Israel is disobedient and rebellious, there are still some who fear the Lord. 50 verse 10 when those people see the full picture of what the servant has done, then they will go naturally to tell other people about it. Whereas before they would simply be witnesses about God, 
Now they would be witnesses about the saving power of God through the servant's suffering, death, and glorification. But what of this servant? He had grown up like any other boy, just as a plant grows from a root in soil. As time goes on, nothing about him is special, and any promise he showed was decidedly unimpressive. The servant will be persecuted, despised, rejected, insulted, and and be hideous, so hideously malformed that people could not look at him. These people considered him an implement of God's deserved torment. That was what the witnesses were thinking. And while God ultimately crushed the servant, it was not because the servant deserved it, but rather the witnesses realized that they were the ones who deserved punishment and not the servant. Just as the animals, when offered as sacrifices, were substituted in Israel's worship, so too was this servant a substitutionary sacrifice. A sacrifice that through his body being pierced and his being crushed for sin, the servant has provided a way for others to be comforted and pardoned. At a cost? At a cost of the servant's own life. And the servant suffers silently. Now a solitary witness speaks out. If this is Isaiah, he was cleansed by God back in chapter 6. But what of his countrymen? How will they be cleansed? And how as stray sheep will they be gathered back into relationship with God? The servant is led to his death, just as a lamb is led to be butchered. This servant goes quietly and obediently to certain death through oppression, accusation, and judgment. His death as an innocent servant and buried in the grave with the wicked and the guilty. Silence. And then the servant surprises. Now in verse 10 we have that surprise. Death is not the end of this servant. Yes, God had bruised him and caused this servant to suffer, but the servant was an offering for sin. That way the servant will offer righteousness to all the nations. The servant's mission will be accomplished. God will raise this servant from the dead and the servant will be exalted. His sacrifice will surpass any and all previous sacrifices and will be the only and final sacrifice needed. Through his death, the servant will be able to judge righteously and enable those who follow him to live righteously. Righteously in the sense that his knowledge and wisdom will cause many people to live new lives that are pleasing to God. A righteousness that only comes from people being in relationship with God instead of being enemies of God. A righteousness that that instills obedience. And how is Jesus this servant? In Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, the Ethiopian eunuch asked the question of Philip, Who does the prophet speak about? Philip replied that it was all about Jesus. And what of Jesus? Jesus Christ, who grew up, as Luke said, increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Luke 2 verse 52 This Jesus who people called the son of a Nazarene carpenter 
and who people said, Can anything good come from Nazareth? This Jesus, who did not have anything attractive about him, but the way in which he spoke, the wisdom he imparted, and the life that he lived. Jesus Christ, who was betrayed by one of his closest friends for thirty pieces of silver. This Jesus, who was the Lamb of God, who died on a Roman cross after a trial where he was falsely accused, tortured, and oppressed. This Jesus, who was rejected by even those closest to him when he died. Remember Peter saying, I don't know this man? This Jesus who cried out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This Jesus who, even though he was without sin, became sin, died and was buried in a grave for the wicked. But that's not the end, is it? For this Jesus who rose victoriously from the grave three days later in order to conquer death, sin and the devil. This Jesus who ascended to the right hand of the throne of God in the beauty of exaltation and glorification. This Jesus who alone is the only way that people can one day enter into God's presence when all of history is consummated. This Jesus, the suffering servant, who was a servant king, servant prophet, and servant disciple. This Jesus, who is the Lord and Saviour of the universe. This Jesus, who is fully God and fully human simultaneously, is the only one who could be the full sacrifice demanded of God for the everlasting payment for sin. The Jesus, who will judge with righteousness and wisdom, and impart justice, gives all people a choice to make. You can be his disciple and be in a dynamic relationship with God, or you can go your own way and be astray from God forever. We're given a choice. Jesus has given us the choice. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to Partaker's Podcast. Our Christmas book, God Gets His Hands Dirty is available on Amazon. Go to www.pulptheology.com and you will find it there. Have a great day. See you later.